Imagine if you took your number one priority and you spent three hours on it every single day. What you could accomplish would stagger your competition, no doubt. So the great challenge of our times though, we talked about is this constant solicitation on your attention, dragging you in a multitude of different directions. This is the great weapons of mass distraction. Welcome to Philosopher Insights, the podcast that delivers wisdom in minutes a day that you can put into practice daily and strive to master over a lifetime. The podcast committed to sharing ideas that encourage you to bridge the gap between who you are today and the person you aspire to be in the future. Hi, my name is Herb Lamba and welcome to my podcast where I will share practical insights from the world's best authors. Knowledge isn't power, applied knowledge is. The quest to become the best version of you starts right now. Hi, and welcome to Philosopher Insights. My name is Herb Lamba. Today I wanted to share a talk from Darren Hardy on a subject that I think is, is absolutely critical, whether you're an entrepreneur or someone striving to develop your career. We have to learn how to focus and how to eliminate distraction, especially in a society where the opportunity to be distracted is literally everywhere. It's never been like this before with the advent of social media and the dings and the reminders and things that can come up to pull you away from your priorities. Now, for those of you that don't know Darren Hardy, Darren Hardy is an American author, keynote speaker, advisor, and the former publisher of Success Magazine. He wrote books such as The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster, Living Your Best Year Ever, and one of my favorite books, The Compound Effect, which I will definitely feature on this podcast in future episodes. Before we begin, I wanted to share one of my favorite quotes when we talk about distraction, and it's from a great book called Indistractable by Nuriel. And I know I've said this quote before, but I think it's so important to try and grasp what he's saying here. He says, quote, In the future, there will be two kinds of people in this world. Those who let their attention and lives be controlled and coerced by others, and those who proudly call themselves indistractable. You have to ask yourself, which kind of person do you want to be? I know I definitely want to lean towards the person who is indistractable. And the only way we're going to do that is we have to invest time in figuring out the strategies that allow us to become indistractable, enhance our focus, and maximize our productivity. Here is Darren Hardy. Warren Buffett, let me give you his method for prioritizing. This is worth the cost of admission to be here, Okay. This is how he keeps himself prioritized. Number one is he writes down all the priorities he has on a yellow legal pad of paper, as many pages as it takes, all the priorities going on in his world at any one time. We've all heard that before. Number two, he then narrows it down to his top three. We've all heard that before as well. Now, what separates the rest of us from Warren Buffett is point number three. Now he takes the entire list, but those three and throws it away. So none of it has the ability to leak any capacity or any bandwidth or any life force while he's focused on those top three priorities. And once those top three priorities are fully executed, then he goes and just makes a new list. And he says, it's funny, when I make the new list, a lot of the things I thought were so important on the first list don't even reappear on the list again. And so that's a little tip from Buffett. So what's better than a few? If you isolate your focus down to a few priorities, what's even better than a few? Of course, one. Now, the master of the one priority was certainly Steve Jobs. 
He learned this in the wilderness years, as well as when he took over Pixar. And Pixar is a movie studio who only produces one movie a year. Now, if you're familiar with Hollywood, if you're a movie studio, you produce 20, 30 movies, you hope one or two are successful to pay for all the losers. That's how you mitigate your risk. They only do one, which means that they, it's sink or swim every single year of their existence. But what Steve realized is when you can get a creative group of people to focus on only one thing with no other option, one thing, he says, that's how you create revolutionary breakthroughs. So when he took back over Apple, he applied that strategy where they only focused on the iPod. The only new product they delivered was the iPod. And it wasn't for seven years later that they came out with the next new product, which was the iPhone. Now, you got to remember, Samsung, Sony, the rest of them, they're putting out dozens and dozens of products in between these iterations. And then it was the iPad, and then it was a focus on retail. And through this one focus priority, they became the most valuable brand in the world over the Samsungs and the Sonys and the rest of that. One big thing at a time. Steve would actually spend, now you got to remember, he's running two publicly held companies. You know what the demands of the CEO are for running a publicly held company? and the multi-billions, right? The shareholder meetings, the investors, the legal liability, all that stuff. He would spend three hours every day focused on whatever was the number one priority for Apple at any one time. Whatever the number one priority was for Apple, that day, three hours of his calendar was focused on just that. Imagine if you took your number one priority and you spent three hours on it every single day. What you could accomplish would stagger your competition, no doubt. So the great challenge of our times, though, we talked about is this constant solicitation on your attention, dragging you in a multitude of different directions. This is the great weapons of mass distraction that we have to deal with. And we love this distraction, by the way. We're addicted to it. We love it. We, we love this distraction. The reason why it's so profound and prolific is we actually love it. You see, what happens is it offers you some form of relief. If you're prospecting or you're planning or you're working on some marketing copy and it, you, you know when it gets difficult and somebody knocks at the door or you get a little uh, a text or you get a, a, a ring of the phone, internally, you might not say it out loud, but you go, oh, I can finally have some justifiable excuse to stop doing what it is that I'm doing and focus on this emergency. We have this insatiable thirst for novelty. What's new? What's new? What's new? What's new? What's new? And then lastly, we want to be wanted. This is the biggest disease of uh, what happens out there in today's world. I mean, even, even Facebook, the button is called what? Like. I mean, we're like, we're like kids on a schoolyard. We would post something on Facebook and then we sit there and uh, refresh. <laughs> refresh. Five people like it. Five people like me. I mean, it's, it, it's absolutely, if you just back up from this for a second. See, what's happened was it's the boiled frog syndrome. You know, the boiled frog syndrome. You put a frog in a room temperature water and it boils, simmer ever so slightly because it doesn't notice it will be boiled to death. What's happening with what's going on in our culture is it's happening around us ever so slightly. And we're, our productivity, our focus, our sanity is being boiled to death with what's going on. And it's that we want to be wanted. I mean, you get a text on your phone, it's like <laughs> dopamine, right? It's like a drug. Oh, somebody looks me. Somebody needs email. Somebody needs me. You go to your email and refresh and there's no new email. And you're like, you feel so unwanted, right? It's crazy what's going on. 
the consequences were overwhelmed, over, over stimulated, over scheduled, overspent, and unproductive. On an average, we are distracted every three minutes. Every three minutes. Now, here's the problem. It takes 11 minutes to regain concentration. Anybody see any problem with that math? This is the reason why most of us have not actually entered a state of creative focus or of concentration in the last many years. It's called creative atrophy. It's like REM sleep, okay? So you know that it's not the amount of time that you spend in bed that determines the quality of your rest. It's the amount of time you spend in REM. Young mothers would be able to tell you, right? If you get woken up five, six times in the middle of the night, even if your total log time in bed is 10 hours, you will wake up exhausted. If there's a branch that knocks at the side of your house or a dog barks and it pulls you out of REM repeatedly, it doesn't matter how much time you spend in bed. You'll still wake up exhausted. Same thing when it comes to you at the office. It doesn't matter how much time you spend at the office. Only matters the amount of time you spend in productive REM. You actually could spend a third of the amount of time at the office if that a third was allocated to productive REM. For instance, you wanna go from reacting to creating. What happens is in your office, you're spending most of your day reacting. You realize that when you get an email or a text or an RSS feed or a blog comment, all those things are solicitations of somebody else's agenda that you're reacting to. And most of us are spending 90, 95, 99% of our time reacting rather than creating, rather than going, what are the priorities and goals that I've got with no distraction from anybody else and anybody else's agenda? I'm going to focus on these things that matter to me and my family. Another 28% of productive folks is wasted on multitasking. There's no such thing as multitasking. You can walk and chew gum, but you cannot process two things cognitively at the same time. You cannot listen to a conference call and check email at the same time. Cognitively, that is absolutely impossible. But what it is, is switching. See, you're listening to a conference call and you're hearing what's being said and you're comprehending it, or you're reading email. But when you're reading email, you are not consciously actually absorbing what's being said in the conference call. And when you're listening to the conference call, you really can't intelligently read email. What you're doing is you're just switching back and forth cognitively. And when you switch, it makes you dumber than if you were stoned. CNN says that when you switch, your IQ drops by 10 points. When you're baked out of your head, it only drops by five. So most of us are walking around all day as absolute potheads, stoners, in terms of our cognitive capability to be productive. And like a muscle that goes unused, we have created attention atrophy. We've actually lost the ability to focus and to stay focused and stay into creative REM. We're losing our ability to stay concentrated. So just, just to take a poll here. Of all the forms of distraction, now all, all of us are subject to all of these, but what would you say is your number one, like the one, the, the biggest piece of kryptonite in your life in terms of distracting you from your focus? Of those options right there, how many people would say email? Okay, yeah, that's a big one for me. Uh, phone calls or texts, okay? News updates, we have any politicos in here? Okay. Office drop-ins, in a chaotic environment where people come and drop, okay. Um, Self-induced multitasking. You know what's funny is, is that's always the most popular. Thank you for being honest, by the way. But that's the one you're doing to yourself. <laughs> Like the rest of these, you're subject to the having to sort of thwart the outside world, but that one we're actually doing to ourselves. So now that you know that it makes you dumber than if you were stoned, maybe you'll work on that one. What we, what we don't want to do is we don't want to mistake 
movement for achievement. Just because you're running around with your head cut off all day doesn't mean you're actually achieving anything or activity for productivity or rushing around for results. We've all had the experience when you go home and your spouse says, well, how was your day? You're like, oh my God, I'm so busy. Well, what did you do? Well, you said that you wanted to get all these goals done. What did you do today? Ah, yeah. But you're stressed, you're, you're overwhelmed, and you were crazy busy all day. And that's the mistake is we think that, that that activity, that rushing around, that movement is actually productive in its time. You've been listening to Philosopher Insights with your host, Herb Lambert. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To go deeper with me, you can register for free at www.philosopherinsights.com for instant access to a growing library of Philosopher Insights, which are 8 to 10 page PDFs, plus 20 minute MP3s that break down my favorite insights from the world's best personal development books. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Facebook at Optimal Herb. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.